welcome to the Spicy PL Podcast. We're back. It's the Spicy PL Pod. It's episode 33. It's your boy, Big Babble, with the legend, Big Joe Cap, and the phenom, Big PG Boy. Yo. <laughs> We've got one of our most popular guests to date back to talk some spicy powerlifting bullshit with us. The one and only Big Titty Mike <laughs> Zawalinski. <laughs> what up, Mike? What's up, fellas? How you doing? Mike, would you call yourself our number one fan or not? Uh, you guys got a little crazy there with some of your guests, but I enjoyed your last one with Newt. Yeah, Newt was yeah. a good shit, man. You know, some some guests are spicy than others, and some you just have to respect the you just have to respect yeah. their game. You know. Yeah, I mean, we got a special relationship with Big Mike here. You know, that's a that nickname it originated in Baton Rouge <laughs> when we were uh, we were taking a cab ride from Nationals to uh, go get some crawdads, and our <laughs> cab driver, Jesse Cab, Jesse Cab, we didn't know what he was saying, it's Jesse Cab, because his name is Jesse, and he drives a cab, oh, but he was mm. talking to us about, you know, the difference between a strip club and a titty, titty bar. bar, you know what the oh, difference I is? I remember the story now. There hey, you no. know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking to Jesse Cab, and he asked what our name was, <laughs> and uh, goofball on the team, Billy P., replied that his name's Mike, Big Titty Mike. <laughs> and so Jesse Cab would refer to Billy as Big Titty Mike throughout the whole cab ride. Well, he came back and picked you guys up too, right? He yeah, drove he, you guys both ways. He brought us to the restaurant, then he waited and drove us back. But he'd be like, hey, Mike, hey, Big Titty Mike, I got a question for you. <laughs> Y'all eat gators in the Northeast up there? So, <laughs> so <laughs> that's how Mike got his nickname because he wasn't even in the cab, though. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. But now everybody's big titty. You know, everybody's big titty peachy, big titty Lou. You know, it's an honor to have big tits. It's actually, yeah, it's like, it's kind of like we've been known for our benching up here in New England, and big titty Mike was a big part of that. You know, one of the biggest. Well, benches. there was also 2015 Bench Nationals where uh, Josh Rourke put the Twitter stream up on the projector and this is before LEDs and all this shit and I was like let's go Big Titty Mike and and Big Mike called me and he goes you ruined my reputation because then everybody like Jonah Leo and Tim Anderson and Jeff Snyder would say (laughs) started calling him Big Titty Mike which no one really knew that was his nickname up here so Mike Mike was mad at me. Yeah. And I also tore his tricep like three weeks before that. Yeah, that was fucked up. Yeah. That was fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so Mike, he's a legend. You could refer to him as Mike, Big Mike. Big Mike. It's Big Mike. By the way, he's not really like, it's not really a guest. You're not really a guest today. You're just a co, you're co-hosting. Like we need, we need to mix you in here, you know, to get your take on some of this stuff. So. Yeah. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, man, we love it. We got we got some guests in the works. Um, Miss Taylor LaChapelle That's is going to be on eventually. Right we just got to figure out how to make it spicy. I told her she's too pure. Yeah, you know she's a big fan. We love that. Uh, obviously, she's a badass, so we're going to have her on. But um, we need we need she might shock she might shock us. We don't know we don't know her that well. We're going to yeah. get her on, and also we're going to get Jay Mike on eventually. And then there's other stuff we're always working on in the background. So. Stay tuned for those, but we decided to bring Mike in. 
because yeah. we got a lot of USAPL stuff to talk today. Yeah, I, I think Big Mike's, he's one of the guys that's got his ear to the ground. He's got the inside scoop when it yeah. comes to the USAPL. So, I mean, we don't want to get Mike in trouble. We don't want him to say anything he shouldn't say. But, you know, we got him guzzling some bullet in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Mike's been hammering it. Cheers. Oh, that's a good pour, dude. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. Mike. That's a real good pour. (laughs) You know. (laughs) But, um, you know, with the news that we broke last week, I mean, we recorded the podcast Sunday. And we broke the news, but unfortunately, we didn't release the podcast till the news already broke. So. We got cucked. Yeah, yeah, there was a there was a shitstorm on social media about you know people not being able to qualify, people not being able to lift for nationals. So, I mean, we talked about it a little bit on the podcast last time, but after the the uproar, I think it's it's probably good to go ahead and clarify everything and give our two cents a little bit deeper into it, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it just sounds like. Um I wasn't sure exactly like um, the information that I had about how the qualifying was that it was only going to be top five placers and then three from hometown showdown. And it was just open entries after that. I wasn't completely sure of that. So we kind of talked about it loosely, but if people did the math and if you do that math, then you realize there's a lot of lifters who aren't going to be able to make it. And people are really upset about, you know, the raw side. I mean, because there's just a, a bigger volume of competitive lifters there. So it seems like uh, Daniela Mello was a name that was mentioned that, you know, by these qualifying standards wouldn't be guaranteed a spot, even though she's a world champion. Um, well, should be able to try, like, in the Mad Dash when it opens up to the third tier? Is she qualified there? Or? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course yeah. Anybody can do that. But, I mean, it just kind of sucks. But, I mean, these – I mean, there's other lifters like David Wilson, who's a former winner – um, probably a couple other people that we're forgetting and, you know, maybe we'll ask Mike if he's heard anything about this and how USAPL is going to address it. But first I'm going to give my opinion. If you're going to take a year and a half to two years off competing, these are the repercussions. Okay. So like Daniela Mello, for example, I think everybody was waiting for her to go up against Miss Amanda Ann last year. And she kind of, I don't know if she had an injury or just personal things. She kind of just pulled out of the meat last second. I mean, there are repercussions for that. If you, you know, if it's truly you just didn't want to get your ass beat, I mean, th- th- this is what happens. And then, you you know, like I've said a million times, I don't do local meets. But that's because I compete at least twice a year or three times a year with the Arnold. And I never have backed out of the meet I signed up for. Well, I'm doing a local meet now because it's been 15 months. Luckily, I placed second at last year's nationals and I'll be able to do this year's nationals, but again, I'm going to get on the platform. It's just not me to take two years off and I'm not above a local meet if it fits into the schedule. It just usually doesn't. Mm-hmm. So that's my opinion on that. So, you know, David Wilson or yeah. Danielle Mello or these people, sorry, like, you know, yeah, be I've a power seen, lifter. I've seen a lot of people saying like it should all be based just upon rankings, but like kind of rankings from what where? rankings? 2018? Yeah. Yeah, what, exactly. rankings? what rankings? Yeah. So like the show, the hometown sh- like hero thing, like, that is rankings. That's the last year. Well, right? actually, now I'm thinking now. Danielle Mel did compete at Worlds last year, right? <clears throat> 2019 Raw Worlds. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they should consider yeah. those totals in the Nationals rankings too. But I don't know. That's that's at this point. That's almost two years ago. <laughs> so yeah. Mike, what have you heard anything about this stuff? Have people been angrily emailing you guys? Yeah, I'm sure you've gotten a lot. <laughs> I, I've heard a bunch, and um, I'm actually working on some things to include some gentlemen like Ian Bell, who's kind of taking time, especially on the equip side, because this is a World Games qualifier. 
And as you politely suggest, everybody in the grandmother comes out of World Games here. Um, but um, there are some people that legitimately should have the opportunity. Yeah. And um, we're working on some things to kind of be. Well, didn't like Ian a do a TV. meet? Didn't Ian do a meet last year at some point? I'm actually looking it up right now. I have a feeling that he did, and he did something in the neighborhood of like uh, 375, like 250, and then like. Well, maybe uh, it's like he didn't do it at the weight class that he wants to be. Oh, something maybe, like yeah. that. He did it at 105 for Again, sure. Again, I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I never have to make weight, he, but there, I, there are repercussions to he just did fucking around only. for a long time. The only thing he did in 2020 was the Arnold. And then before that, 2019, he did a couple. Couple of meets, oh, and so he didn't uh, do national classic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But that—that's that, the thing. Like, obviously, Ian's my boy, but like, why are you working on that? Because in my opinion, Ian hasn't shown up to nationals in a while. He hasn't been very active, and he's kind of just waiting around for a World Games year where you take a lifter like New Douglas. New Douglas shows up every single year. New Douglas is one of fucking million nationals. He never doesn't show. Um, you know, I've done every nationals other than 2017 because i was able to skip that for world games but i mean there there there's a there was a year that i i did an overnight red eye just so i can lift at nationals and qualify for worlds like i don't like i I guess i'm not above like competing every year i don't get where these people decide they're not gonna be powerlifters for a while then they're gonna be powerlifters when it's convenient well, you know I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, right? Because this isn't a normal circumstance. So, like normal conditions, you can just sign up for nationals and you fucking go. But in this instance, right, like the way it is is maybe it me shouldn't be like that. And Ian Bell are gonna be signing up for Nats at the same time, and whoever clicks fucking okay faster is gonna get the spot. <laughs> and how fucked up would it be if I go to nationals, Ian doesn't, and then our the you know U.S. team is. Bj, you going to World obviously. Games? You going to World? Oh yeah, games. I'm going to World Everybody's Games. Everybody's sure. going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to try to really make it. No, but like you know, I mean, I could see that they want to make it a little bit easier from some for some quote unquote superstars to be able to go, even though they're not strictly speaking so, qualified. So, Mike, what are you working on? Oh, one person, one thing is to basically kind of duplicate the hometown showdown for 2019. Um have an unpublished list that we can look to see who are the people that you know have fallen off that we could possibly invite to for like uh and it's not i'm, I'm just the guy who just does like the data science behind the scenes um i don't make the final call or anything like that <clears throat> but uh when the higher ups say hey can you do this i'll do it um and uh and i anticipate maybe there there might be a 2b wave yeah um, 2b Mike, my, my no, question no. to that is why have a B, why have a third wave at all? Why not just have it all be invites and just keep going down the line? Right. I, I am I am I am game for that. That's actually one of the first things I proposed. But I think they want this level of it's open to everybody. Well, I mean, why don't they it's, just have some invites, right? They invite the you know, whatever amount of people they want to you know, invite per session. And then whoever doesn't accept, and then it's open, you know. I mean, basically, essentially, that's what we're kind of <clears throat> we're doing. Like, so entries, the, the first wave of entries that are going out to the was it the twenty nineteen top finishers is going to be one entry form. They fill it out, and on the back end, um, I still have yet to build this out, but we're going to have a dashboard that says each session how many people have entered, how many spots are left, and then the second wave entry form will be something similar. 
but when it gets to like the open call, we'll have different entry forms essentially for each session. And then we can cap it at, so we don't exceed. And you guys math the other day, uh, <clears throat> last week was slightly off. Uh, the plan right now is two platforms, two flights of 14 uh, per session. And uh, so, I mean, you can look at the numbers, we're looking at what, 56 people <clears throat> per session um, in those weight classes. So, I, you know, the people, this is a good opportunity to see, you know, as Ron Nationals kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, people are like, you need to cut the numbers down, the collegiate side, you need to cut the numbers down, make it more competitive. This is what it's going to be like. So, it's, know, it's, it, so basically you're saying it's 224 lifters for, for, for Ron, Ron Nationals. For Ron Nationals, yeah. Uh, yeah 56 right. times four. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I think it's great. <clears throat> I don't know. You but know what? I'm, pre- thing, I'm taking a hot take. Hot take here. There's going to be a lot of raw kids that come over to open and just lift in knee wraps to try to stick it. That's fine. Get your ass whooped. Like, what do I care? I hope so. <laughs> I hope Megatronus shows up. It's like once I put a bench shirt on, it doesn't matter. Like, whatever. Well, Megatronus, Megatronus is, is going to make I'm just saying, like, for who who's going to uh, – what am I worried I, – I always said I hope Ray Williams competes quit because I'll whip his ass. Well, I'm saying. Like, it's just a totally some, different ball game. There might be a bunch of, like, 74s or something that come over. Yeah, and, well, they're going to beat Taylor well, Perkins – Austin Perkins? No. They're not. Yeah. So just come and have fun. That's fine. I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's not going to change anything. Actually, I would love it because all the guys that think they're going to get that go to World Games instead of finishing like a pitiful third at Open Nationals, they'll finish like seventh. I love that. Mm-hmm. Come one, come all. I, that's what I'm saying. I hope so. <laughs> that should be spicy. I mean, I think it's funny because like the Raw guys over the years would be like, we should make primetime only. It should be like sick. Like you see a lot of the elite lifters say like, what do we have all – like why does it have to be a 1,000 lifters anyway? A lot of them like the like the – the, the other 750 lifters to be around just to fucking play grab ass and suck their dicks and, and whatever. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like this is probably what you want. So it's like, yeah. it is because of COVID-19, but I think we're going to get a, a really good product. The like, whole thing is well, prime I time. don't, they, there yeah. could, it could go the other way though, because anybody who qualifies for nationals can sign up. And if you're not in this initial, you know, wave of whatever, you could make it in, and you could have some guys who are like barely scraping by the qualifying. Yeah, but the qualifying tools are really hard. Yeah, they updated the QTs. But also, I think you got to put it on the the community of lifters. Like, if really like a top five lifter is sitting there and they didn't compete at last year's nationals, like, you know what, like. And the community, like, I feel like the geared lifters were a small enough community where we we're in the situation and be like, okay, like Peach is not going to try to sign up. Like he's going to, like, he's just going to yeah. not do it. And no, but there are no raw lifters who have that type of community mentality. They're all such assholes. They're going to be sitting there fucking clicking and clicking and clicking like whatever. But uh, honestly, they should be um, amongst themselves, a Facebook group, whatever. I know they all talk and shit or or even if like you know one of their gods puts out a YouTube video and said, "Listen, if you don't total X amount, don't try to sign up for the meet." I mean that that would be the only solution to self police it this year. Yeah, and and maybe we should give them more credit than they deserve, or you know no, more credit than we're giving them. What? So I'm saying maybe maybe it will turn out <laughs> like that. Maybe because that's severely doubt because that shouldn't that it. don't you know that don't deserve to be up there won't sign up there's gonna be the one guy it's like oh yeah i'm gonna sign up and embarrass myself and place 10th out of 10th by 50 keys what do you think mike you just look like an idiot so so uh, i'm gonna jump in here because i was at a meet yesterday in iowa des moines iowa um 
fantastic meet, well run. It, it was actually run pretty damn well for a, a state local meet. And I was talking to some of the lifters, and there's a junior lifter who was like, I'm not going to do nationals, the 2020 nationals, and I'm just going to wait for the 2021 nationals. I'm like, dude, you realize this thing in June is the 2021 nationals. <laughs> he, he thinks there's still he thinks there's still they thought there was still gonna be a meet in October um and that's the one thing is like you know Raw's only been one way since it started it was all you can eat every division you can do uh, or you want to do I mean shit I remember when there was no QTs required you just you just gave a QT and we had like T1s entering in the open and we had M4s entering in the open all right if there were David Ricks and they belong there no problem. But, you know, you had people that were squatting 35 kilos in the open and it was, it was a joke. And I remember sitting in a committee, raw committee meeting <clears throat> saying, we need to limit this. We need to, you know, well, Mike, weren't they upset? It. Weren't some of the masters upset that they were forced to lift in an open flight and they looked like morons. And then everybody's like, well, you, you lift in the <laughs> open if you that. register for the open. Yeah. You remember this, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember like they were calling me up because I was a scoring manager of where they were flighted and I, I was calling them out back. You don't belong here. Like, you know. Yeah, because they I, were concerned I, they weren't in the flight with the Masters, so they weren't able to like deadlift against the Masters for yeah. placing. But it's yeah. like, well, you entered the open and the open governed, so now you have to lift against the big boys, but you were you were just wanted to see yeah. where you place. Like it's weird. Yeah, there's a lot of weird, there's been a lot of weird stuff. And I like this format that we're going forward. So if you want to lift, if you're David Ricks and you care about winning the Masters, you can lift with the Masters and only your Masters. Mm -hmm. If you say, screw the Masters, I'll, I'll whatever I get, I'm going to go for that open championship because he's good enough at an M3. Um, you know, he can go lift in the open. You know, and he's just going to be flooded with the open people. But now that at the end of that meet, they're going to consider everybody for for world team spots. That's yeah. what I understand. The only the only team that you have to compete in the division is the open. Yeah, and 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 I guess this kind of leads into another one of my questions. And if you guys even thought about this, or it just is what it is. Like someone like um, Bonica, she's got to lift raw on Friday and then equipped on Saturday. Like, is that just what That's... whatever? Yeah, it's it's the whatever, it's the one tenth of one percent that you know yeah. we can't just mess up, screw everything else up for. Her. And, and you know what? She's got no excuse. I've been telling her since January one, it's probably gonna happen. Oh, I don't even think she has an excuse. I think she's gonna pull it off. But I mean, it's <laughs> I mean, she's still gonna win both meets. She's she's done shit like yeah. that before. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Th it's it's really too bad that like Blaine has not been active in Raw and is now kind of injured because this has like the Blaine Sumner show written all over it because he would be the motherfucker to do bench nationals, raw nationals, equip nationals, all at the same raw time. Bench. And beat everybody's raw ass. Bench. Yeah. See yeah. you later. Yeah. yeah. It's really too bad. It's, yeah. a, it's a shame that it's never happened. Like It's going to basically be like the Arnold. Like I just imagine it like the Arnold. Like A few years the Arnold, we've had people compete both ways. People running, you know, running between the bench only and the raw, like Alice McLean, like running back and forth, like shit like that. Like it's going to be cool. It's gonna be interesting. It'd be cool, and, and there are some room. There, there are opportunities that we can expand some things in some places, um, if needed. You know, um, we have the room on that Sunday. 
we either plan to do the NGB, but they can move the NGB out of the room that we're competing in. Um, we have an open session Saturday evening that we could, if we had to, if we had to go three sessions of equipped three lift people, or if we had to do another, split out the men and the women on the equipped bench, you know, mm -hmm. there is some wiggle room with all of this. And that's, you know, where I feel comfortable, but yeah, this is going to be a jam packed. This is going to be exciting meet from day one to day, day six. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to go for the entire week and, uh, We've been talking amongst ourselves. I'm pretty sure we're going to stay at the Hard Rock and just gamble all week and watch some some lifting. It's going to be like a sick week. You're yeah. not allowed to gamble till like after. No, or maybe the first few before. days. First yeah. No, first like days. if I go down yeah. on Tuesday, yeah. I'm not going to watch some master lifters. I'm going to I'm, I plan on watching the whole raw stuff. Obviously lifting equipped, but that's that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. My, gonna, yeah. I have a question. They How many fucking cortisol. sessions of masters lifting are we going to have to cortisol. suffer through? <laughs> Hey, no. Right now, the plan is, so the morning session will be a flight on each platform of youth lifters on both for the first two days, and then two sessions of, of raw uh, for two, a total of three days, two, two of them being raw, two, uh, I'm sorry, master's lifting will be three days, two of them will be uh, raw, one day will be equipped, that's the plan right now. And but are spectators allowed, Mike? There will be some there. Last I heard, there is some room for some spectators, but if you know, this is the view of the heat meat hotel window. Oh, and I went sick, down there yeah. for, so it's, if you get a beachfront view, you know, be on the beach side, it's fucking beautiful, man. We want, we want a casino view. Yeah. <laughs> want some tables, some out. plexiglass. So, <laughs> <laughs> P -P work trip for peach. They can write it off. Right. Exactly. There's no way I'm not drinking. Like before the meat, this is oh, gonna be yeah. bad meat. No, you you, you lift better when you drink yeah. I'm gonna be loose. I'm gonna be so loose. You gotta take the edge you know? off. If you, you need, gamble, you need some you need some steak and butt heavies. Mm -hmm. You know, if you gamble, you have to drink so you don't have too much adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. Cortis well, I'm only gonna play one two. It's low. It's I'm not gonna do what you guys do. <laughs> I don't. I won't get too worked up. Oh man. <sighs> All right, and Mike. Mike. I have one more question about nationals before we kind of yeah. move on. So they split up teen with high school and juniors with uh, collegiates. Why didn't they just break off the masters too? I mean, it would allow for more space at like the real. Where meet. are you gonna put them? So I mean, make their own meet. Masters yeah. nationals. Masters nationals been a meet forever. So I can give you some history on what, what was going on, and um, I was asked to look at different scenarios. Um, the first scenario I was asked to look at was if we had the Arnold in June or July. What would we do with nationals in June or July as well? So I had to look at that scenario. And then the Arnolds went away. The Arnolds weren't going to be early enough. But I'll tell you what, when we were looking at that scenario, we were talking about having the open only at the Arnold. Um, so that would have been like super tight invite, kind of like prime time for four days at the Arnold, mm -hmm. nonstop, raw and equipped. And then basically have all the masters, all the teens, juniors at this meet. So Arnold went away. And then after that, um, I I gave uh, the, the people in charge a proposal to do a nine-day meet in Daytona, which was basically what we have now, just add the teens and juniors, give them three days, two days for yeah. raw, two, uh, one day for equip. And we came back, we couldn't get the venue for nine days. Cause I was thinking we go, we, we go from Saturday to the following Sunday, you know, a full nine day week. 
Um, so once we came back, I, uh, I looked at it and I go, hey, you know, there's no need for, especially now with high school nationals being in May, end of May, a couple of weeks before, there's no need to have a high school age lifter do both meets. And if we have both options, that's gonna be super unpredictable. You know, who's gonna go where? So I was, mm-hmm. and I was like, we have meets for kids, for lifters of this age, from 14 to 23, collegiate nationals, high school nationals, let's just push them there. And that's the recommendation yeah. I made, and that's the one they went with. So we just, so the, the, the Fed just ended up, hey, Travis Warner, maybe get some extra entries, make some extra money, because, uh, you yeah. know, we, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but we know that collegiates is like kind of one of the only meets that's left to be run by like a sole proprietor or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And this is the last year of it too. Yeah. So Travis lucked out a little bit, but good for him. We like Travis. Um, but yeah, man, I think I'm excited for it. I mean, obviously like, like nothing you guys good we're, we're going to do was going to be like well received by everybody. It's just impossible. Yeah. But I think, you, you I think please everybody. Yeah. The tier three, invites like nobody cares about that people i just hope that it it gets worked out with the elite lifters and we just have a badass meet you know i'm i'm yeah. i'm super excited i mean what are the biggest arguments that these guys have should, like when they say ranking should they just mean get rid of the tier three and just extend the show yeah. hometown hero yeah just <laughs> keep going down the list of invites until you fill up the meet i, I mean i i wouldn't mike is it important to the fed to have some level of open to everybody is that kind of like the message they want to keep out there I, I mean i i can't answer that because i'm not on in the inside level of that i just you know they say look at this scenario and i like i said i just kind of yeah. run the data and give them scenarios and i basically said let's make it invite only and it came back and said no you know we want to have some level of open to everybody yeah i don't know if that's just to fill up numbers or what but it's you don't need to fill up the number that's there i mean yeah it's late so all right, so what was something we else? We no, we're going to talk about, about the bolt. Oh yes, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. This is the update that like. This is the, this is the update that um, we have finally after months and months. So, finally, a bolt got delivered to South Africa. By some way, the ones that Inger sent never made it, but. Scott Dobbins was kind enough to send his own bolt to South Africa to Hani. And uh, it got there, and Hani texted Scott that the bolt is the same as the ones that they inspected in Dubai and that they seem to think it's okay. So Scott followed up and said, um, you know, how is that possible? Like, the collar is so big. And he's like, it's similar to the thickness of a katana. Jesus and just like a smiley face. Just a smiley face. Get the fuck out of here, <laughs> dude. This is the biggest collar I've ever seen on a single ply bench shirt. Like, it's outrageous how thick this collar is. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to see, but it's fucking stiff, dude. It's yeah. Like, it doesn't It even looks bend. like a multi ply bench shirt. Yeah. Like, that's what it looks like yeah. to me. It does. It even feels like a multi-ply bench shirt. I don't know what like this shit doesn't. Doing. I mean, you put on a katana and you put on a bolt, and you're podcast. like, "What the fuck is yeah. going on here?" We're in the middle of a podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he couldn't deal with the light shining on him a yeah, little bit too far. Yeah, we need good lighting. Yeah. So anyway, 
I know a lot of the pod listeners have this shirt. I've, I've gotten a lot of messages from people, but it is IPF approved. So I am doing a meet in February, but I've been working in a new katana because I just wasn't didn't want to risk my my you know my few workouts I was going to do in this thing. But now I'll be probably wearing this thing at nationals. So look at this fucking thing. <laughs> it's official. It's big news. Long time yeah. coming. I don't know how long we've been har- like talking about this. Probably since September. Yeah. I ordered the bolts for us in August. Yeah. <laughs> but the serpentine sleeve, this crazy ass collar. The shit's officially legal. Legal. It doesn't feel like any bench shirt I've ever put on when I just put it on my arms. I was like, what the fuck is this? If anybody's going to order it, order it at least a size up from your katana size. Definitely do that. I I wear like a 48 or 46 katana, and I got this 46, which is way too tiny. doesn't even fit past my forearms because I'm an idiot. Like I usually wear loose bench shirts. I wear a 46. Like I could probably squeeze myself into a 44 katana, but I wear a 46 katana. I like my shit loose. Put on a 46 bolt, and it was just like, it's too tight. Way too tight. Yeah, so before I send this back, if anybody wants to buy this off me, I'll just mail it to you. Just DM me. I know a couple of people reached out already, but no one wanted to bite yet. But with the official news... Yeah, it's big now. It's big. It's legal. I mean, the people who are going to well, use bolts, they're listening to this podcast. So, What's your asking price, Babel? I just, um, it's, it hasn't it been worn. I didn't yeah. even wear it. Yeah. You'll get a lot faster from us than you will the website. Well, I'm just saying that now that I work with a bunch of kids, we can always have extra gear. So I think know. they're like two hundred seventy-five dollars or two hundred fifty-five dollars. I mean, for the kids, for the kids, <laughs> kids. I'll sell you mine too, Mike. I have to return mine, so I'll just sell it to you if you really want it. For the kids, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta talk to my boss. See what he says. Uh, I already, Mike, I already to... what do you think about the bolt? Uh, you know, as a Titan guy, I'm like, I don't know, but like, as a fan of powerlifting, single fly powerlifting, you know, this could be exciting. You got to love a little competition in the marketplace. We kind of need it. Absolutely. Um, you know, you've seen the bolt in action. You helped me with mine back in the day. This is different and than that. It's, I think it's I even wore, different. Uh, yeah. I wore yours in training a couple times. Yeah. But even then, like, yeah, because I had that size 60. Even then, like, the bolt was just so, it's so crazy. I'm really excited to get in this thing. Like, it's going to be different. Yeah, um, let's hope it doesn't blow out. Yeah, just get ready for pain. I tell everybody, just get ready for pain. It's yeah. fucked. Vangles, Tiny said to take your creaky. time. Yeah. yeah, work them in nice and slow and steady. But anyway, it's official. We finally got the bolt to South Africa. We're doing international things on this pod. Thanks, Scott, for being our international correspondent on this issue. But yeah, spicy but liaison. The, the bolts are approved. Um, yeah, we're stoked. Yeah. All right, well, moving on now. There's some other there's some other heat on the USAPL right now. I know um, there's been a, a formal lawsuit filed against the USAPL. Yeah, in Minnesota. Mike, are you aware of this? I am aware of it. I was talking to some higher powers the day that they were that day, and they were they were waiting for phone calls from the lawyers. So yeah, I'm aware so, of it. That's about you know I don't know no more than you guys know so. Yeah, no. So I read through the um, document, and uh, it's J.C. Cooper, like the, the representative for the LGBTQ kind of conglomerate that, you know, kind of was in the discussion in 2019 with Dr. Chris Hunt. And uh, it basically, it's seeking a decent amount of damages for per- personally, so it's definitely money for her that she's seeking. I mean, there's $50,000 of straight damages, and there's un- there's damages that will be decided, you know, in court if it, you know, proceeds, which I'm hoping it it doesn't. 
But, you know, the main issue is this is a real court case um, at the state level, and it's going to cost a lot of money for the Federation. So this is going to hurt the Federation. Like, this is money that goes to um, production and the cool meats we've been accustomed mm-hmm. to and stuff that, you know, this is really going to hurt. Um, it's going to hurt the Fed if this case goes on for a long time. Um, and it sucks. And, you know, if you read through the document, um, there's just a lot of ridiculous claims. I mean, this individual is saying, you know, she is being held out of having an opportunity to compete at the world games, which you know is one of my favorite jokes. Everybody's going to the world games. <laughs> this is a, a trans, a trans lifter. Yeah. She doesn't even lift in gear. How the fuck are you going to win world games? Yeah, her earlier statements was like we're blocking her from the Olympics too. So like, you know, I don't I don't know what she thought, but yeah, it just so it's it's an individual who was a men's um curling athlete, which yeah, I'm not gonna hate on curling. We everybody loves curling to watch, is sick, yeah. watch curling in the Winter Olympic, mm-hmm. and she, and you know she stopped competing in 2015 and went through you know whatever process she went through, um, you know. She's a now a transgender athlete, um, and you know picked up powerlifting, and it just seems like she's calling herself a powerlifter. And what really anger, angers me about it is basically like she did a, like an unsanctioned push pull, now calls herself a powerlifter, and is trying to represent all like trans powerlifters, yeah. and is saying she's being held out of the World Games, being held out of competing at all these different things. And I'm like. She, this document keeps referring to her as a powerlifting athlete. I'm like, yeah. you're not even a fucking powerlifter. Yeah, like that's like, just it just pisses me off. I would say that to anybody. Like if you did a push pull for charity, it was like an LBG, LBGTQ charity, and you told me now you're a powerlifter, I'd tell you to go fuck yourself, right? Like, I don't know. It's like she's almost doing it like it's just, just opportunistically. Attention. Yeah, yeah, like opportunistically, like look. Like I can, I can probably get away with doing this. I, it doesn't even, it doesn't even seem genuine, right? It's like not like someone that's a lifetime powerlifter or something like that. Um, I mean, if you, if you flip through her um, Instagram feed, like there is only a section of time that she was very passionate about powerlifting. Like, um, you know, if this was somebody that was, say, like New Douglas, who's been doing it since they were eleven or twelve, and then had this epiphany. You know, I'd take it a little bit more serious, but you know, somebody who just happens to stumble into it, and yeah, I think there are some mistakes made on the USA Powerlifting side, which won't go to go through on on record here. But uh, there are some mistakes there, but um, <clears throat> but you know, of how it was handled, and then um, and and they saw an opportunity, and you know, these uh, the groups that filed on be, on her behalf. Are seeing an opportunity. The thing that scares me the most right now is the bill or the executive order that Joe Biden just signed in. Yeah, you know yeah. that it was specifically says sports into into that bill. I, I haven't read that, but that's going to be probably the most damaging yeah. piece to, to USA powerlifting. And you know what, Joe, you and I might be going against Benica pretty soon. Yeah. Well, I just to you know, kind of. Um say something that maybe not everybody doesn't know, but there is a lot of precedent for allowing trans, I want to get this right, trans female athletes to compete with other females. 
um, in other sports and activities and stuff. So I think that like the argument is that powerlifting shouldn't exclude because there's this precedent for allowing these athletes yeah. to compete. Well. On the other hand, I think from a common sense standpoint, we all understand that it's probably not a good idea in powerlifting. Yeah. Um, and I think that most sports. Well, yeah. Well, it's but frustrating. Particularly Look, powerlifting. Listen, I'm, I'm I want to read some of these factual allegations that are in the actual court case because it's pretty funny. So J.C. Cooper is a 33-year-old woman who resides in Minnesota. Miss, this is factual allegations. This is the number two thing listed as factual allegations. Miss Cooper loves sports from an early age and has participated. Like, okay, like get this shit out of my face, right? Um, and basically her story is 2015 she stopped competing in curling because, uh, well, in 2014 she was diagnosed with gender dysphoria. Okay, so she, 2014 she began to realize that she was a woman. And, th- and that's fine, you know, and so she... Going to a therapist and figuring out how to deal with that diagnosis. And I'm not going to talk any more about that. So in 2015, she realized that competing in men's curling was contributing to her gender dysphoria. So she stopped competing in men's curling. Okay, why not compete in women's curling? I would assume that's a sport where the advantage is probably minimal, right? I don't know. Go back, do some curling. But 2017, she competed as a female in roller derby. (laughs) Roller derby. So this is where it just gets crazy. So this... This woman was okay, beating the shit out of other females on the. I, you know, have you seen roller derby? Yeah, Bible? roller derby's really yeah. aggressive. Dude. I mean, so this yeah. this 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 female obviously doesn't give a shit she's given, about the she's other. A, she's given other girls concussions. She doesn't give a shit about the other athletes in the sport. She's all about herself. So th- I'm trying to just establish when you read this shit, you're like, this is fucking stupid, right? So she beat the shit out of some girls in ro- roller derby through 2017, and then broke her ankle in roller derby. Oh, no. Probably someone fucking socked it to her, okay? And then so she picked up powerlifting because her ankle mobility was a little fucked up. So, I don't know. You know, that's how she got into the sport. But it seems like she's taken out a lot of history with sports and not being good at sports or not finding a place for her, which I think men's, I mean, female curling is probably the best place for you, but she's taking a lot of this out on the USAPL. And my biggest problem with it is that you know, USAPL doesn't want to just blanket allow this because of the hormones involved. And, like, why not just compete in USPA? Why not? Where drugs are allowed. You know? And so I just feel like it is very just targeted at yeah, the USAPL. It seems opportunistic. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, and let's, I mean, this is the Spicy PL podcast. So, you know, if we haven't gotten canceled yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, let's just let's just be real here. Like. It's it's definitely harmful to female sports to allow trans athletes, especially in drug tested sports, uh, trans athletes, trans females that are using hormone. Like even if they, <laughs> I mean, even if they are on hormone therapies to reduce their testosterone, things like that. I mean, it's just not it's not fair. Yeah, and I don't know, Mike. You know a lot about this, but she the the reason the USAPL like found out what was going on, she signed up for her first meet. And she was reading about the TUE process and decided that for whatever hormone she has, was on spirulodactone. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, she decided to apply for a TUE, and the, T- and the USAPL just rejected that and said, you're not allowed to compete if you're taking that hormone. You know, and I'm guessing that stands whether you're transgender or not. You just can't compete if you're taking that hormone. So I think that's where the problem is, but it just... Yeah, and to go back to it, I mean, if Newt Douglas decided that he had gender dysphoria and wanted to compete as a woman 
he would be the best lifter ever. Yeah, without a doubt. And yeah. I think I think Dr. Chris Hunt uh, did a fairly good job of presenting that at uh, yeah, if anybody who has to go nationals. Yeah, anybody who's not looked at or watched that that presentation by Dr. Chris Hunt, I would strongly encourage you to read that or look at it. The whole YouTube video is public um, on that. The whole it's like an hour long. Um, he, he talks about the study, the landmark studies that the IOC points to about how it's not an advantage, but there's significant data that shows that strength and muscular size is significantly different from these people versus you know, born females. Like I, I don't even know the terminology. I don't really care. I just want to help make probably as best as it can be. I'm trying to stay away from this politics stuff, but you know. I'm yeah, not. it sucks. Yeah. We it's, don't really care about it either, but yeah. you know, it's just, we it's have just no crazy. Pro- we have no problems with like, you know, we, we love everybody, you know, well, I'll, I'll sit down, eat dinner with you. I'll, you can use whatever bathroom you want. It doesn't really matter to us. We, we're very, you know, open to all types of people and we don't like judge anything, but it's just like, yeah, and, and we want trans people to be able to compete yeah, in those APL events. I think the yeah. MX division is cool. Yeah, I, we're I, happy about it. I think at some point you got to allow hormones in the MX division only. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, I, I, I think who, who's that hurting? If you're allowed to use hormones in the MX division, I'm okay with it. And people have to be okay with having the opportunity to compete at, at the end of the day. It's about having the opportunity. It's not about this one woman going to the world games who hasn't even done a fucking powerlifting meet before and it's just such a joke but i mean i think for the majority of people and it's it's not like a group of people versus usapl it's her and i think that says a lot about what type of person she is because i think if she was doing the right thing and had the, the you know you know her contingent's best interest in mind that this court case wouldn't be jc cooper versus usapl it would be you know a group of people versus USAPL, and maybe that would make more sense to have some changes done to the MX division. Mm-hmm. But you who, know, who knows? I mean, she might have support behind her helping her fund the you know fund it. But yeah, it's still, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's whack. Well, we just want to put that mm-hmm. out there. It's definitely going to affect the Fed. So if you hear about this and stuff, like you know, put your opinions out there, whichever way they are, just to make sure you. Um, you know, or, or either supporting the Fed or if you, if you don't want to, you know, that's fine too. But I think a majority of the people that listen to us might, you know, want to support the Fed. So if you hear about this stuff, definitely, you know, and get into a healthy discussion and um, let people know how you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Mike, when, when it comes to this, like we're talking about this is costing the Fed money. This is costing all members um, opportunities to have bigger, better meets, what, whatever, bigger, better events, prizes. I've heard a lot of talking about how to make powerlifting more mainstream and how to get it, you know, how to get it on TV and all of this. And a lot of it has come down to money. Um, do you expect that we will ever have like decent sized cash prizes for meets? Um, a lot of people have ta- been talking about the, the, the want for it. I know that we've been putting on bigger, better meets, but is there, is that on the radar? From USA Powerlifting with the national office itself, offices itself, I, like I just think the Arnold might just keep growing at the pace it's been growing. But other companies like SBDs with their Sheffield event, um, you know, I work with a lot of really good athletes right now who who are sponsored by A7, SBD, Titan, and some of these groups, some of these companies 
pay their athletes a good chunk of change for their, their finishing, how they finish it at, um, at nationals or worlds. And it's shit. If you're, if you're a really good athlete, it's, it's almost half of my salary, <laughs> you know, like what they can mm-hmm. win from two meets. Um, yeah, so there's opportunity now for athletes. It's just they got to get, you know, sponsorship. They got to hustle. They got to do stuff. Um, and, you know, if you're an SBD athlete, you, you know, go win national level meet, world championship, go invite to Sheffield to a couple of world records. Like you might be set. You might be set for a year, you know? Yeah. Um, rather than flipping burgers, you could be just training. Yeah, I think there's a, I think with that and, and not to backtrack, but like with what, like a lawsuit, how that can affect the fed? Like, you know, there is a finite amount of money, right? There's not yeah. just like a tree of money that, Oh, we have a court, a court case. Now we can just like pull from this money. There's a finite amount of money. And so what you got to think about is meat productions and then also athlete stipends for worlds. That's like a kind of newer thing that the fed has been doing. That's thousands of thousands of dollars when you look at all the the teams that they'll support with the athlete stipends, and that's something that could go away. I think sponsor, I mean, I think um, prize money has been mostly relied upon, that mostly relies upon sponsors, like at the Arnold, right? Mike, is that true, that that the money that's out for grabs for the athletes, that's usually the sponsors for the meets are putting that up? Pretty much. I mean, you look at like uh Priscilla's posted that they raised like forty thousand plus dollars in prize money. That's all coming pretty much from sponsorship. Um yeah I just don't think yeah. a lot of Fed money goes to goes to prizes. It goes to maybe stipends is the closest thing that an athlete can get that money, you know? Yeah, but it's also coming back from, you know, team fees and it's a it's a business. So you can not not one thing comes from one, you know, from yeah. one place. It's all spread yeah. it's all in one pot sprinkled in, you know, if you go to the NGD, you know, I know some years I've talked about like every member cost the Federation like $2 at one point. That's why they raised the, the fee. If you have to look at insurance, what it costs to, you know, staff somebody there to answer the phone or return the emails, like there's a lot to yeah. it. It's not just, you know, no one's getting rich from powerlifting. I mean, Mike, I remember when we first started going to the Arnold and the prizes were like $200. You know, now you can win $2,500. And I think with time, and I know it's like, it's hard for people to understand, like maybe a junior raw lifter who thinks they're going to be a famous powerlifter or make money from powerlifting. Um, But like with time, you know, those prizes will go up $3,000, $5,000, you know, maybe eventually $10,000. And Sheffield was probably going to be that. But it sounds like that might not happen until 2022. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of these raw lifters, they don't understand. Like if, if nationals was to have a $2,000 first place prize and a $1,000 second place prize and all this stuff. Like that's a lot of money adding up. I don't think they realize the, the math. Behind well, who's paying it? it? Yeah. Like who's, who's paying, paying for that? You know, a lot of the, yeah. the entry money goes to the production, you know, and, and nobody's willing to give that up. People love that. So I think we need that. I mean, it costs money to run meets. You know, I always had a hard time with the high school meets I've run, like charging what we did charge, but then it's like, okay, if I don't, if I don't have money to give somebody to help me load the truck, it's going to be me. And it's going to take <laughs> 10 hours. Yeah. Why? Cause the high school entry is like 50 bucks. Yeah. I think I lost one. I ran, it was like 60 or $65, but like I had the guys from, Bay, you know, not you guys, but the, the tall guys from Bay state, uh, Kelsey's, oh, Kelsey's brothers. Yeah. Kelsey's brothers. Shout out. Um, shout, shout out, out the best, best, uh, uh, 
you know, pop-ups and set up forever, but like, you know, they wouldn't do it just for, for the joy of the sport. Like, yeah, you, you won't know, catch me loading the truck anymore. Yeah, no way. Mike, that one time you just so happened to show up at the gym when I was there, I helped you load the truck, but you know, I'm not going to meet yeah, you at Bay State at midnight to load yeah, the yeah. truck. <laughs> if we're there. <laughs> but I, I yeah, guess I think like, Joe carried, carried the, the one and a quarters out to the truck for me. I carried a 10 kilo plate, yeah. Yeah, it was I, something like that. I think what everybody's goal is really is to have people that are top lifters be able to make a living off of powerlifting. And I think that's, you know, that's why kids are talking about having prize money and they might not understand what it takes to run the meets and what, like what type of money that is. But, um, a lot of the other talks is like, how do we get powerlifting more mainstream and widespread? Um, so that you have more people doing meet, so there's more money, there's more interest. And so people have been talking about this video by um, Johnny, Johnny Candido and, and Sean Noriega about changing the bench press rules to have powerlifting be more widely accepted. More aesthetically pleasing. No, I think it's just to be more, you know, widely accepted. The, the issue is that someone that is looking to get into powerlifting and sees someone lifting – you know, and with a Sean Noriega bench arch is going to be like, oh, that's that's stupid. Why would I do that? But, you know, or if they watched it on ESPN, they wouldn't they wouldn't understand it. Very conveniently, their proposal was for lifters 74 kg and below. So it wouldn't <laughs> affect them at all. No, no, no. They had an in between where, you know, then you could maybe use your pointer finger on the ring. Yeah, you're 83 to 105. And then after that, you can go max grip. So there's solution yeah, okay. to solution to outrageous bench arches being so detrimental to the widespread acceptance of the power of powerlifting is to change the grip width standards to be narrower for lighter people. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are talking about it. I think it's just such a silly thing that I, I don't even want to talk about it, but let's hear from Mike on it. Cause I'm going to go, I'm going to go fucking crazy once I get talk about it. So let's hear all from right, Mike on all it. Right. All right. So I got uh, multiple thoughts on this. All right. Um, one, it's been tried. Like they've tried different things from putting a string on the bar to they got rid of, you know, the head can't come up to help minimize the arch, you know, feet flat on the ground. Um, they've tried different things. This has been a conversation for 20, 30 years. Um, and B, in fact, I work with a bunch of college age kids who I think know more about the sport and the history. They come in one day going, hey, what, what's up with this rule change? About the, I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, the fact that people follow Johnny Candido and um, Sean Noriega, I don't hate those guys. I think they're, they're good assets, but people think that they set precedent in the sport. Yeah, I tell you what, it's the, troublesome. The people that, yeah, the people that actually set precedent for this sport are people that I know. And they don't know who the fuck either one of those guys are. <laughs> you know, you guys know these people that said, you know, we had Sean on the podcast. podcast. It was a great, he's a great, he was a great conversation. Just, it was a great yeah. episode. Yeah. I think they were just trying Smart to, guy. trying to make something interesting to talk about. Yeah. I think they need some yeah. self-awareness though. You should re I mean, Mike knows you should research how a rule, a rule actually gets implemented in powerlifting on the international level. And then talk about it in that way. To yeah, give, I mean, you a, give an idea that the weight class changes. I don't know if this is directly directly related to a proposal I sent to the USA Propsing uh, Women's Committee back in 
2015 or 2016. Yeah. I said, hey, there should be it should be equal number Title Nine for Title Nine reasons, just just to be equal. I didn't say anything that we should add a female weight class or take away a male weight class. I, I left. I said, just make it equal, and it got talked about the the NGV that year is either 16 or 15, and turned down. Somehow it made it up to the IPF. Um, it got well, I think the they IPF. saw the IOC did it. I mean, um, IWF did it for yeah. men's yeah. and women's equality. And so they usually follow suit with that. But I mean, yeah, I remember us talking about that. And I remember us talking about the 12 kilo spread between 72 and 84. Yeah. And, you know, because we have Kelsey, we have Monet, we, we yeah, you know. That makes sense. And yeah. uh, no, but, but I mean, I think Mike's point is it took six years for something to happen from an idea. Yeah. So it takes five or six years for something to happen. You know, there's a group, especially out of Sweden, a group of referees who don't like the current standard of the bench that last year had all this, the rules about, not being able to put your feet up on the bench and all this stuff. It, it all got turned down really fast at the last uh, yeah. rules Congress. But like there, there are people in, you know, in checking, but you know what, two internet sensations that, you know, they're smart. They've got a great big following. I'm not going to say they're, they're, they're a bunch of idiots, but like something they put, they put up on a YouTube video is not going to affect anything. You know, it might start a conversation that, six years from now that all of a sudden this will change yes it might but like for all the lifters that listen to this like this doesn't affect anything right now yeah i mean first of all is bench arching even a problem is the first question does it actually have a problem with main mainstream acceptance i don't think so like i I think it's just something to talk about and you know would that be a solution to reducing people's ranges of motion I guess it's one solution, but it's just listen. Silly. I think I yeah. think people need to worry about themselves. So I, when I first saw this, I said, I, I said, I don't know if it was to you, you guys or not, but I was like, find me a world champion who's like recognized as being one of the best lifters in the world who benches like that. You can't. You can't find that person. So like, look at Ray Williams or Jen Thompson or Taylor Atwood or Bryce Lewis or Ashton Rushka or Blaine Sumner or any Ukrainians or Sergei Fedesenko, you know, look at all the, the, the great lifters in the sport. Who has won worlds benching like that? Nobody. Okay. So it's not really a problem. Those are lifters who are typically going to be pretty bad at the deadlift. Okay. If they're going to be benching like that. 100%. So they're not going to be winning the meets. Okay. So now we're just getting to, okay, there are some lifters who bench in this style. All right, and and those videos get reposted online. So now we're going to listen to a bunch of people online who think it looks weird because they're used to benching at Planet Fitness. Okay, I don't think that's going to make the sport mainstream. And I think even if you put this rule change into effect, what's going to happen is nothing. It's only going to affect some of the athletes. It's not going to affect me. It's going to affect some of the athletes. Like now Taylor Atwood has to bench close grip. I think that's bullshit. If I was Taylor Atwood, I would just say, fuck you guys. Okay. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think the the people who would affect the most are like female equipped benchers. They're like yeah, the world equip- records might go down. This is another thing. Equipped benching. Yeah. Nobody should have to not be able to go max grip in a bench shirt. Kelsey would be fucked. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just so stupid. And so they don't even have the wherewithal like, yes, is is eighty percent of the participation or seventy five percent of the participation in raw? Maybe higher. Yes, but is there a big international group of single ply powerlifters in the IPF? Yes, and 
the rules are pretty much the same between the two styles, except um, except the gear, right? The rules are the same. We have to lift the same to the same standards. And you notice they didn't talk about what strongman does. Strongman wants deadlifting to be conventional only because it's a more pure strength movement and it's more aesthetically pleasing. I'm not saying that sumo, I, I don't care about sumo deadlift, whatever. I make fun of the guys, but like, that's just me being a dick. But at the end of the day, like, am I mad that like Alexander Rubitz won worlds at 105 and pull sumo? No. Well, I think it's, they cited some story or something saying that sumo strength is much closer to conventional. Like it's yeah, actually still. But at the end of the day, if it's all, well, no, they said something about that. If it's all about yeah. the fans and whoever is watching powerlifting, then get rid of fucking sumo. But no. those guys can't pull sumo, so they're not going to fucking propose that. It's That's subjective. What's subjective? I think it's all subjective, whether, you know, sumo versus conventional is more like more you know, aesthetic. Conventional is more aesthetic. I don't bro. think. Come on. I, I, I yeah. think it's. Let's, I'm, let's keep okay, it. forget that I said aesthetic. Whatever, whatever the reason you want to make a uh, close grip bench, the standard yeah. is the same reason you would make conventional yeah. deadlifting. It's way more impressive. I don't care. To see someone yeah, pull 100%. a thousand pounds. Yeah. Do people want to watch Brad Gillingham or do people want to watch Christoph Werbicki half lock out a sumo? Dead? I'm sorry. People yeah. are going to watch Brad Gillingham. Every fucking time, okay, and that's why Kim Walford's super popular these, and Ray Williams, you know. All these raw people don't know who who Brad Gillingham is. Well, they know who Jessica Butner is, right? Jessica Butner. She's one of the most popular okay. on the planet because she pulls five hundred pounds conventional. Do people, um, you know, know who, you know, Kelsey McCarthy is internationally? She pulls five hundred pounds sumo, same weight class. Not really. I mean, Kel- we love Kelsey. People know her, but she's nowhere near that level of popularity or, or pick only, another sumo lifter, even like Jordan Pantone. She pulls sumo. I mean, she's getting popular, but no one knows her compared to Jessica Butner or Kim Walford. Yeah. Or Kim Walford. So, I mean, that, that's the, that's the few things that piss me off about that video. And then the last thing is like, who the fuck do these guys think they are? Like, I, I just like, I don't know if, if you want to make a rule change, don't make a YouTube video about it. Do something real. Yeah. yeah. Show up to an NGB and make a proposal. We've talked about this yeah. a million times. These people don't know what the NGB is. They don't know what it yes. is. I think I think it's a good topic of debate, and I don't really fault Johnny or Sean for making the video, to be honest. I think we're being a little harsh on them. They're making a YouTube video for views yeah, and for people to talk yeah. about it, and I don't think they're saying it has to be the rule, like this rule change needs to happen or anything like that. They're just having a conversation and making an entertaining video. I think like the kind of scolding deserves to go to people that are like, oh yeah, like this definitely needs to be a rule change. They're <laughs> buying morons. into it. Like, you know, yeah. king of the lifts motherfuckers. Because <laughs> like, because people have been saying this for a year in the comment sections of yeah. like any power thing videos and we'll all just take a piss on them. But now that these two guys said it, it's like a fucking genius idea. It's like, bros, like someone saw, Aaron Kamisi even posted like years ago, he posted this on a Reddit thread that maybe they should consider this rule change. And like, nobody talked about it. Yeah. Because nobody, yeah. you know, nobody cares what Arian says. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think a lot of the problem, too, is like the instant gratification thing. Like they want to be powerlifters to be household names or something, which I think is it's a good it's a good sentiment. It's a it's a good thing to hope for. But if you look at powerlifting 10 years ago, there was no way a powerlifter was going to have 100,000 followers on social media, was going to be, be able to make 50, maybe even $100,000 from endorsements. That was not possible a decade ago, 
right, or even 15 years ago when me and Mike got into a sport. It just wasn't possible. And now it is, right? So what's it going to be like 10 years from now, right? Why do we have to change the sport so that maybe next year someone likes the way a bench looks and maybe more people watch it? I don't even think that's going to happen. I just think it's a dumb solution to whatever problem they think (laughs) exists because the sport is growing and i think it just takes a lot of time like it's amazing what what i've seen in powerlifting in the last 14 years mike since we got into this and uh, i just think people just don't they they fail to recognize it because when they entered the sport is the beginning of time for them and then everything's not good enough from their beginning of time you know what i'm saying hey if you if you listen to kings of the lifts there was no powerlifting before 2012 so like oh yeah that's when rock came around you're right Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Johnny's been around for a while. Well, you know what we say around here, Mike? Fuck King of the Lifts. Yeah, yeah. Babbles, I think Babble, Big Babble's a rock cuck. Dude, Johnny's been around I, no. for a while. Fuck. No, I'm saying what I'm saying is I think Johnny Johnny made this video, right? Johnny made this video, but like I don't think like I don't think he was. He's just like doing it to be a conversation starter, to be entertaining, to have people talk about it. And obviously, people are talking about it. But I think yeah, we're, like, talking about we're talking bullshit about people that are like enthralled by the video and gung ho, like this needs to happen. But I don't think Johnny even made it like with that sentiment. If you watch the thing, but I'm just saying, like I like the kid. We were debating. Think, we were debating if we should talk about it silly. or not. Yeah, I just we think like, it's silly to talk about it because it's just. Yeah, but we're the only silly. ones talking about it in this way. There's no need. For it. Well, they only oh, shit yeah, on it. Yeah. No, I <laughs> yeah. think other people I mean, think it's dumb. There's, a, there's enough like issues that we have with our own rules with the sport of powerlifting. Yeah. You know, like, for, for example, does it count as American record total if American record judges didn't sit, uh, you know, if you didn't have an American record judge sit on every single one of your, your best squat, bench, dead, lift, does it total count as American record? Some people say yes, some people say no. And I'm not talking about just like average Joes or national referees that you might see at a meet. I'm talking about the heads of the organization. One group says, yes, it counts. Like the head of the technical committee and the other, the heads of that run the organization said, no, they have to be American record judges. My stance is, hey, look, if I'm running a meet and they, you happen to hit American record total, if I have three judges there that are American records, I'm making them sign it. Because otherwise, um, otherwise every Tom, Dick and Harry is gonna hit a fucking American record you know, well, that's what's in. been happening this year. Every fucking American gets smashed. Yeah, and the, the judging is just horrendous. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, so you're it, talking about you the know, rare scenario where someone sets an American record total, but you know we've all been to the meets where like, oh, like Big Mike's going to attempt an American record bench. Let's switch out the judges. Well, maybe you missed yeah. that lift, right? But you made some lifts, yeah. and they add up to an American record total, and the judges weren't actually switched out for all your lifts. Yeah, so. yeah, for like the deadlift and the squat or whatever. Yeah, or the, yeah. the, the no, bench that, I didn't make. I never even that, thought of that, yeah. but I don't give a we, shit. We, American we records grow get, on trees yeah. these days. What are you going to do? We can't yeah, even get that straight. And now we can't get that straight. That's just like simple rules. Now we have some, you know, popular YouTube and, you know, internet personalities saying, talking about these rule changes, you know, that's going to confuse people because they're going to go to me and like, oh, I can only put my pinky on the ring because I'm in the 66 weight class. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Here, here's here's how it would be implemented for real, okay? They would have to have multiple rings, and then for that session, 
you would have to put your bench. You could, your fingers couldn't exceed. It makes that. no it sense. This is dumb. I'm just saying that's how, you how are the refs going to even know? They're going to have to keep track of what weight class every kid is and make sure their hands yeah. are in the right spot. Dude, so I'm just dumb. saying that's the only yeah. way that you could do it. No powerlifting. Yeah. The yeah. reason powerlifting is such a great sport is because you have literally dwarfs, dwarfs, proportions. genetics, proportions, and build- lifters of completely different proportions. genetics, proportions, and build. And the rules are the same. Okay, so maybe the dwarf shout out to Mike Coons. has to yeah has to squat out of the bench racks. Is that or, the politically correct? Uh, yeah, dwarf. Is it? I don't know. Am I okay with that? Whatever. Well, it, we don't mean anything if it's not. I didn't even say trannies yet this episode, and now I mean, now, now you're yeah now good you fuck me. I mean, good job. <laughs> we don't even know. We're trying. We're trying. I'm our just best saying. Here. I think it's an amazing thing. I think it's an amazing thing. You can have. It's sick. You know, I've compete. I'm six foot two. I've competed against guys who are fucking five foot six and are 400 pounds and i'm six foot two three i'm just saying it's the, one of the only sports where you know your quarterback doesn't have to be six foot five you know what i'm saying like there isn't one way and the reason that is because there's a certain set of rules that have been widely accepted for a long time yeah they've been tweaked but you could grip on the outside of the rack for the squat bar. You can grip on the inside you could close grip bench if you want to you can wide grip bench you could pull some you can pull conventional it's a way that it makes equitable competition between a lot of different people. And I think that's the beauty of powerlifting is when someone who's really long and thin is 200 pounds behind, but then they come and they pull a crazy deadlift at the end and win. And like that is, you're going to take that away by people who might be relying on, you know, their anatomy and a specific, you know, way they bench. I mean, it's just silly. I think we're beating this one to the, to a pulp. <laughs> Whatever. This is like, I, I think the stupid the stupidest bench rule. Tell me why you can't lift your heels up. I don't know, man. All I that stuff is anti arch. All that stuff is anti arch. Yeah, yeah. It, it is all anti arch. Yeah. yeah. You used to be able to lift your head off the bench. bench. Well, I got to tell you too is if you could keep your heels off, it would eliminate your ass coming off too. Like, I've done some experiments. If your heels are up, <laughs> your ass don't come up. Mm. So, I mean, maybe... Yeah, how are you going to get your ass know. up if your heels aren't really It's up? impossible. Legit. I just always thought it was kind of silly, but I guess if it limits right. the arch, I mean... Well, fuck King of the Lifts and, um, you know, fuck, <laughs> fuck the close grip benching rule changes. I mean, I bench close grip, but that's my choice. I don't want everybody to have to do it. Yeah, I'm not I just, sure you don't. I just feel like mm-hmm. us talking about it validates it more as being no, something. Like it's no. not even it's just a video that someone made to be entertaining and discuss something, but I, yeah, I just think go, it, it took a life back to cut up like 5 minutes. Just get rid of this whole segment. I don't know, man. No, think, we should keep it. I think the way it lit up the uh the social media feeds it deserves to be at least we got to put it down. Yeah, you know? it's a we rebuttal. Gotta, we need the rebuttal. Yeah, we need a rebut. Yeah. All right. We got anything else? Plans are for power. I mean, we touched on the three main topics. Well, I want to just ask Mike, like, maybe what his plans are for powerlifting personally. You plan on lifting for. uh, This is going to get edited out. Masters Nats? (laughs) I know. I want to know, man. We want to know. (laughs) Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Sorry. We want to know what's up with Mike. I think we have different visions of what this podcast is. (laughs) All right. Well, I know you guys know where I'm at right now. It's your time. since Since the last time. Um, you know, I spoke to you guys on the podcast. My life has changed. Um, <clears throat> I'm now in Nebraska. I'm assistant coaching at Midland. I've got a lot of really good athletes that I'm really trying to get, you know, to high places. 
so my priority has been there. But I have been saying for the past like five or six years that when I'm a master, I'm going to come out of retirement. So it's like I'm kind of I'm going to try to do a meet. We'll see um, if I can make it into Mega Nationals. I have nothing to stand in, you know stand on to get in there except for maybe one bench I did at the New Mexico State Fair in 2019. Uh, <laughs> Mike's in tier three. <laughs> Uh, I'm in. I'm not even tier three, man. I'm I'm like tier five. You know, so, yeah, me and Mike uh, together. Yeah, tier five is no qualifying total it. at all. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of SOL on that thing, but um, you know, I'll be back sooner or later. Whether it's 2021, 2022, I will hit up a nationals as a, a three lift masters only. Because you know what? It's I'm gonna call up all you guys. Say. You're trying to wrap my my knees, motherfuckers. Let's go. Oh, I got yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to come to Nebraska for it, but I mean, yeah, if it's at the same, same time, if it's at the same time as like real Nats, I'll just wrap your knees because I ain't fucking lifting. Yeah. Well, oh. you know how Joe feels about Masters lifters. <laughs> no, I mean M1, M1. I could almost like okay M1. I've seen some crazy lifts in M1. You know, our former friend Steve Mann, M1 world champion. But like so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking around, Steve. But um, hey, Steve's like, a good man, man. He's a good man. He's had some, you know, problems, but Personal he's still problems. a good man. Yeah. But um, so there's still the dream is still alive. Mike Zalinski, Master World Champion. That's what we're waiting to see, right? I'm hoping I can put something together. Yeah. Yo, let's uh, let's just do a quick rapid fire. I I gotta, you know, for Midland. Who is sure. stronger? Your opinion. Who is stronger? Austin Perkins. Austin Perkins or mm-hmm. Chloe Dublin? Ooh. I think you're gonna see some some surprises this, this year. Come but, on, give me an answer. Who's better powerlifter? Come on, go go go! Right off the bat, right off the bat, Austin Perkins. All right. Austin Perkins is a bad man. I wish I knew He's more of your strong. lifters, but that's all I got. I know Joe Pena's over there, but uh, all right. Who's going to squat more equipped in 2021, Joe Capolino or Joe Pena? Equipped? Yeah. Ooh. Capolino. He's not going to do an equip meet. That's why, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pre- we're, we're trying. We're trying. Hey, if you threw on a pair of knee wraps in a squat suit, Blaine better be shaking his boots. Blaine? Yeah. Blaine. Like, he'll, he'll Blaine squat doesn't. 11, 11. Lane's not looking too good, man. I don't no, know. No, he's just saying the record, the 515. Oh, the record, the, the, yeah. record. the record. See you later. Yeah, but I don't think Joe's got it. I don't think Joe Pena's got the desire to want to do it. Yeah, he's got the strength, just not the too bad. I, I, I like I like Joe Pena. I think he's a great kid. He's I've got to know him all the semester, but I think Collegiate Nationals might be his last meet for a long time. Yeah. All right, what's a name that we don't know that we got to look out for from Midland this year? Caitlin Barry, CJ. Um, what is CJ's first name? Last name, CJ from Caitlin Tra- Travis Warner. Caitlin Barry, raw lifter. You got any and equipment lifters the, over there? CJ, what is CJ Shuford? CJ Shuford. kilos. Is this another? Uh, is this an equipped lifter or raw? He is equipped. He will nice. be lifting equipped on February fourteenth. All right, man. We'll we'll check we'll check out the results. I like it. I like it. Some some new some new blood. 
Mm. Yeah, we got we got our freshman team alone will turn heads. Who's gonna win the one oh five equip men's nationals? Me. You know that long shot? Peachy? I saw I saw this guy last night or yesterday, Nick Waite. Oh, oh he's going one oh five. Okay. Yeah, that's good. He's walking, yeah, he's looking he's walking lean. around at two forty right now. I saw him yesterday. Yeah, he I don't think good. he's gonna make it yeah. to nationals this year, but I said, Hey dude, you got, you look like you're looking good. You gotta get back to it. Forgot. I just okay. saw he was posting some training. Yeah. Yeah. What else you got? Rapid fire. What uh <laughs> you what place does the men's equipped team place at IPF Worlds in twenty twenty one go? Ooh, men's equipped twenty twenty one, fourth. Fuck. Yeah, I think that's about right. I mean, we were talking about this actually on the pod with Newt, Mike, and I want to bring this up with you because you're like a coach or whatever. Why the fuck does our team suck and why can't we find anybody to lift at seventy four or ninety three? Like, can we get someone to uh- lift? You know what the problem is? We, you, you know, there, there's nothing there for them. You know, a seventy-four, a top seventy-four equipped lifter that I know, he makes money by placing high at Raw Nationals. He doesn't mm-hmm. make dick for placing high at equipped Open Worlds. So until sponsors come up and step up and say, "Hey, we'll give you X amount of money if you win equipped Open Worlds," they're not going to do it. Yeah, I, I think Titan. I think a company like Titan should consider like dropping all the athletes they have sponsored. Like, let's be honest. Like, yes. why is why is Luis a sponsored athlete? Like, there and there's so many. Why or Alex Gallant. Drop why all am those. I sponsored? Yes, drop all those athletes. Why they give me they if I if I message, let's just keep names out of it. Titan right now and said I need a bencher. They would send it to me, but instead I buy it. I've been buying online because I actually want to just buy my bench shirts. Um, but like, why not drop those ninety percent of those athletes and sponsor Blaine, sponsor Austin, you know, sponsor Kelsey, Monet, New like, Douglas, yeah, New Douglas, and just send these fuckers all over the place and 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 legitimatize it. I think. Listen, if you're not gonna good. if you're not gonna give Big Mike gear or Luis gear or Alex Gallant gear or whoever the fuck, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. They're gonna buy gear. Trust me. They it might be they might be reluctant at first, but they're gonna buy gear. Okay, so I just think that I, I our geared our geared our geared manufacturers. You know there is money in the gear. It might might be not as much as selling you know Mark Bell slingshots and sleeves, but they got to utilize that more and stop giving stop giving away their their best asset. I mean, uh, you know that's that's what I think I, about I, it. And, I. I agree. I agree 100. percent I'd rather I, I'd rather them cut every, all ties with all people and just hang on to like five of the top lifters in the world and yeah. pay their way to go everywhere. And then that would incentivize more raw people to lift well, then, gear then, because then, then Austin yeah. would be have like, have "I want to do right? geared and do world games," but there's no there's yeah. no monetary value in that. I mean, I've been up to Austin's ass about world games and in, in Chloe Dublin. You know, I said, "Hey, let's go this path. Let's give it a shot." You have. This is a once in a four year opportunity. Let's go after it. You know? Yeah. Um, it's really a two year investment of time. Yeah. We got Chloe in gear right now. She's been in gear since January 4th. Sick. Yeah. It's good to know. 
I told her, I'll, I'll, I told Chloe, hey, I'll hand you all the way to World Games because then I got to take Kelsey. I got to handle Kelsey. Because you'll be in the same weight class. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are room for multiple lifters. I mean, I, I mean, me and Blaine lifted in the yeah. same weight class and, and, oh. uh, I think there were other ones. Charlie and Ian were in the same class. Yeah. I'm know? sure they were multiple so, Ukrainians and stuff too. Oh yeah, yeah. Now have you have you guys gone over the past two world games? What you have to do from a US I mean, lifter's perspective? So like someone was messaging me like, Oh, why don't you do NAPFs? And I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? So I don't know. On this pod we talk about it a lot because it's just like it's kind of like a joke of mine, but the way to get there is to you know, the year before World Games, you want to get to open worlds, equipped worlds, which is in November. So that would be this year. Place, place so, top three. So you want to place top three there. So if you're an American lifter, the only way to place top three at Worlds is you have to win your class outright at Open Nationals to get on the team. Then you got to place top three, and then you're automatically qualified. Um, there's another way to get a wild card spot by beat winning best lifter in NAPF, but you leave that to chance because the lifters who place top three get their spots first. And if there aren't spots yeah. left in your weight class, they'll give it to the next person who's in a different weight class who's like second best lifter in NAPF. So that happens, yeah. right? So you don't yeah. really want to do that. I've always thought that was such a fucking joke. Um, but, you know, it's there. But, I mean, if you're really the caliber of Chloe Dublin or Austin Perkins, you want to do equip nationals and just win and then just go from there. Um, you know, for me, it was fucked up. It was fucked up. I placed second at nationals, missed the pull to win in 2016. Um, started fucking around. I did a raw meet. I did a strongman competition. And then all of a sudden Preston Turner got hurt and I was first alternate to make the world team with, for that year, which was the qualifier. And I prepared for the meet in five weeks and I ended up placing second and I, and I got to go to world games, but I had, I had had I, it was a roller coaster for me because I had to come to terms with hey you're not going to this meet that you that was your goal for the last two three four years and you have to give up on it and wait to the next time and luckily it worked out for me um, I wish it didn't go that way because the way I had to prepare just to qualify I ended up injuring myself and it affected me all the way to the to the meet the next year and I think I could have won that meet in Poland if I hadn't injured myself um, at Worlds you know, like eight months prior, but I did because I wasn't, I wasn't as prepared as I could have been. And I had to go, had to go to the max, you know? So, but that's the way, but Mike, that's the thing. I mean, like you see so many people talk about it and, and how they're going to get there. And it's just, it's laughable to me. Like, give me like your top five equipped lifters for men and female um, on the U S side. Like who has a legitimate shot? Oh, you got, you got Blaine, you got Quentin Myers, you got whoever we got. I don't know if we got one on 105. 93 Ian Bell, if he can get into nationals. Um, Newt. Uh, Newt, obviously. I think Austin's got the opportunity. He's strong enough to get there. Um, I think if he puts his mind to it, he, he's going to contend against Oleg and, and Backlund um, without a problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, the guy I told you about, CJ, CJ Schufer, like he might have an opportunity. He's a, is he going to be Tran? Shot. He has a, he, he might, he'll push Tran. He's got some numbers. You know, assuming he's a 59. Is that, yeah, he's a 59. But oh, okay. I see Tran is like, Tran is going to win nationals. I mean, maybe CJ does, but in my mind, Tran's going to win nationals, but he's not going to make the world. Yeah. 
So there's those people in yeah. the bubble. I mean, I put James Vang on the bubble yeah. there too. James Vang too. He's not a good lifter. Um, you know, there's a lot of those guys, you know, who are the five or four or whatever that's to make world games. You know, I mean, I don't even, I don't think I have that. <laughs> if I got to get healthy, if I'm going to have a shot, but, and, and Blaine too. So, I mean, but even if you just take away me and Blaine, it doesn't mean that two new people are going to make it. It just means our team will be smaller. And I think that's what people don't realize about the world games. There could be zero Americans there. It's, it's just, well, no, there, there will be Americans. There are guaranteed spots. There are Americans guaranteed, but you, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, the, you know, yes, we, yeah. we had the biggest team we ever had in 2017. Right. And that's not going to yeah. happen every time. There's, it's, it's not that there's a, it's not like, Oh, you make the world. Te- it's not like, Oh, you made the team. Like there's world team sponsors. There's always going to be eight classes. It's not like that, right? So it's yeah. just like there's finite amount of spots available, and it's for the best lifters in the world, regardless of what country you're from, with some kind of proportional correction that they make sure each country has some representation. Like, but it's not like I thought. I thought it was a travesty in 2017. Jessa Uepa should have been lifting with you, but they they dropped the the, the Oceania Federation dropped the ball. Yeah, you know Jessa Uepa raw. Might have been fighting with you for that silver medal. Well, I mean, like the North American wild card was Ryan Stinn, and like Ryan's a friend of ours, but was yeah. he the caliber of lifter that should have been there? No, he lost to a Polish lifter. It was in Poland, so there was an extra Polish lifter in our class who lifted raw yeah. and beat him. Oh my god! So I mean, our class was a shit show, but that that's the kind of situation. There was also a South African girl who just got yeah. her fucking. She was terrible. I mean, so. You know, there are, yeah, they make sure there's one lifter from each continent. So usually that African lifter or that Oceania lifter just might not be great. But I mean, if you're from Europe or North America or South America, you're, it's, it's a hard fucking road to get there. Um, What about the girls? You know, I think. Yeah. Bonica, you know, 84, you got um, Natalie. Natalie. Yeah. 76 is it's an open i don't know who's gonna step up to 76 i'm trying to push you know chloe into that spot uh 69 i i think kelsey, kelsey i don't know who, who else can you know doesn't who matter. else is out there that can yeah doesn't 63 matter. i don't taylor know taylor lachapelle uh, at 57. you know 63 might be taylor's teammate or former you know girlfriend angelina um mm-hmm. and she's a, she's in high school right now she's our, probably our best 63. Um, then you have Taylor LaChapelle, who I handled as a 47 in Colorado. I picked her up, put her on the platform. I didn't care. 2016 I, world. Yeah. Oof. I remember that. Yeah. I was like, who is this chick? This is insane. But I was trying to recruit her to Northeastern that, that year. Yeah. Um, she was a big fan of Stephen King at the time. Okay. But, uh, then below, below <laughs> <What>? 50, <laughs> Stephen King was we, legit, man. Back in the, yeah, he was he was the man back then on that junior team. You know, fifty two. Who the fuck knows? You know who we got? Who's gonna fill in that spot? Um, Forty seven. Who the fuck knows? You know, I'm trying to work to fill in those spots for worlds, but um, with people I know. But you know, it's it's a crapshoot. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have world team representatives, but will they place top three? It's yeah. The history says no. <laughs> It's hard. Yeah. So I'm but glad we went through that because I, I joke around about it a lot. But if you weren't in those list of names that Mike said, 
you know. You ain't going. You ain't going. (laughs) Mike, has our judging gone to shit? I mean, in the past 10 years, our kind of strictness to judging seems like it's gone way, way down. Why is that? And, you know, should that be fixed? So there was an article put out by, I believe, Larry Maley about squatting to depth from a, from a judge's perspective. Um, it's out there somewhere. You can still find it. And, you know, um, so we all of a sudden got super strict on the squat depth, especially. The standard on that for everybody who didn't know was convincingly deep. Yeah, con- convincingly deep. That's the name of the article. Um, and it got super strict. And then people were saying, you know, at U.S. Nationals, it's harder to get a squad in than at Worlds. You know, that, that was that way for a while. Worlds was easier. You know, and then it kind of, the pendulum kind of swung a little bit. You know, it kind of relaxed a little bit at the, at, at the national level. You know, it's a crapshoot at a local meet with state judges that have maybe just passed their judges test, like God only knows what they're going to call. But, um, you know, at the national level, you know, national level, I don't think it's got too, too relaxed, but at the state level, maybe it might have been like, I've seen some shit get passed that I'm surprised. The meet in December was ridiculous. I think too many, too many judges are like soft and like night. They're like too nice. They like, don't want to well, red light people. I we'll think that the biggest at, thing okay. is that Look at the with, session, with right? the squat, I feel like, you know, especially with raw, they've been seeing some squats get passed that are like beyond a borderline and people are getting these records and blah, blah, blah. So on the quip side, they're like, well, you know, close enough and, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, you well, know, it's kind of bullshit. You know what I mean? Like a squat is a squat. And I think they need to be stricter, uh, you know, just across whatever event it is because like, you know, there's got to be some kind of standard, or else everything's a fucking record. Well, I mean, the ones I've actually—I mean, I've gone back and looked at lifts. I looked at okay, Cupperstein squat maybe was high. It looked like it kind of probably was high, right? Lou, I know he was high. I don't have to look at it. I know he was high. I know Lou. Um, but Cups was the highest opening... squat I've ever seen passed in a meet, ever. Yeah, but look at Kelsey's opening bench. What the fuck was wrong with that one? Go back and look at that. I agree with you, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I think she got screwed there. Like, I would, I would, Gino said good left. You go back and watch it on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Gino said good left. And was like, what? What? Oh, oh, uh, up and down on the bar. I go, I remember walking by and go, what the fuck was wrong with that? You know? So it's, it's, you know, I'm not calling the judges out and that, that meet, but I think sometimes at local meets, equipped lifters get away with a little bit. You know, yeah, I'm I've not talking it. about just equipped. I'm talking about raw too. I'm talking about like Ashton yeah. Rushka slamming a deadlift. I remember when Bill Kazmaier got you know red lighted for dropping a deadlift two inches above the <laughs> above the platform in IPF. Yeah, and I like remember, Ashton yeah. Rushka dropped it from twice as high. I remember this oceanic out. meet, dude, where this poor fucking kid. This video went viral. The kid did the deadlift, placed it back down, and got three reds for dropping the deadlift. He did it three times and bombed. I remember that. I don't know what what was up with that. Yeah, I just think our judging in general has gotten, like, soft. Like, it's just way softer than it was, and I don't know why. But I think it's, like, kind of a a little bit of an issue in in my eyes. You know, local level, yeah. I mean, you get what you get. You know, you're not going to get the best caliber referees. 
at local meets, you know, but you want to encourage them. Like, it takes time watching. You got to watch a million squats. You got to watch a million benches. You got a million deadlifts to, to just to kind of get a sense of where you're at, what you're looking at. You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm a good referee at all, but I know I've blown I've blown calls. Um, I've never and, blown a call. You know, <laughs> you know <laughs> I've never blown a call, Mike. I want to hone in on what Alex is talking about because. Um, like we, we've seen some like kind of higher squats get past American records, deadlifts get dropped, deadlifts that look bobbled, American yeah. records. Has there been any discussion at the fed level about what the repercussions have been from allowing American records to be set at local meets just to appease the masses during this pandemic? Not that that's an area of the federation that I don't have much connection with. So like that's the technical side and, and, EC. Yeah, I, but there I hasn't been anything them. like, hey, maybe we fucked up. They extended it to May. You know, they had the opportunity <laughs> to shut it down. Because cause you remember, like, it'd be like, oh, um, you know, so-and-so put up this huge total at um, Texas States, and we'd be like, it wouldn't be a record, it wouldn't be anything, and we'd just be like, oh, well, fuck, he's not going to total that at Nationals because, you know, it was some hometown. Like, that usually just be part of the game. Like, you would just be like, well, yeah, I'm glad they totaled, you know, X amount, um, but they're not going to do that when, at Worlds. So they're not going to do that at Nationals. But now it's like this shit counts as American records, and you see the videos, and yeah. you're like, oh, that's a little fucking weird. Well, and I think that's the whole reason why American records had to be set at National Meets. And we went against yeah, that, well, and it's been it's fucked up. And now the record books are going to be a little fucked up. They're going to be a little fucked up, but you know what? They'll 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 be okay. You know, part of the reason, part of this is like, okay, every um, oh, speaking of people, I'm just got a text message from Dr. Dobbins over here, Scott Dobbins. But uh, I got a text from say I'm doing the Spicy PL podcast. But uh, <laughs> shout out to DRL. He's working on 3.0s. I'm looking at it right now. They're awesome remotes yeah let's um, let's let's make it so they don't shut off during the meet let's try to get that in there but uh yeah i think they'll be fine but uh so where are we at referees um you know part of the issue is every time they can harry meet director thinks they can live stream this thing right so you live stream the meet you don't have and master downs i live streamed it right it was one camera angle i couldn't get the shit to work to have multi-camera angles the IPF does a really good job where they do the replay from the side, right? Yeah. You know, you know, there's squats that look high as fuck from the front, and you turn around and look at the replay from the side. Okay, maybe that was in. You know, one angle doesn't tell you everything. Um, so you got to consider that too. Like, I feel like I'm at outlaws powerlifting right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's only the front angle. You never know. You know, Dave Hoff squat was you know, three inches below parallel. You know, and, and I, I I agree. You can call depth from the front, from the front referee, but you have that you have the ability to look down the leg and see did the knee, you know, was the knee above the hip of the crease. Mm-hmm. You know, well, with a camera's angle, but you know, static, you don't. You know, um, so we, you know, the more we see powerlifting, the more we're gonna see this stuff. You know, just like high school sports and little league, you see a lot more fucked up shit happen there that gets passed. We. But like you don't see it mainstream because it's not on social media all the time. You know, maybe it is now, but um, mm-hmm. are there any repercussions yeah. for judges blowing calls? Or do they get just not called next time or something if they're 
Like what happens? There's yeah, no, there's no, no scenario movie. where the USAPL sees a video and and it's an American record and they just say that absolutely cannot count and is what would be the course of action just in a hypothetical situation? Like it's so egregious that they have to do something. I mean, they're not. I mean, unless it's actually offensive to somebody, they're not going to do anything. They're just going to like know, hey, this referee is horrible. And there's referees that I that we all know that are tattoo referees from the u.s that um down that southern eastern state down there that um got pushed through the process that you know what they'll put them as a chief only because they could really fuck things up from the side you know or they'll they'll put them in certain positions like you know you know when you're signing a meet referees for a meet you know like hey this referee is really harsh uh, this referee is pretty consistent. This one's very liberal, right? That might be a good platform because you have one referee that's always like heavy on the reds, one that's heavy on the whites, and you have one that's pretty good that's going to balance it out. Um, I know I have refereed at Worlds where like uh, at times where I was like, okay, like, you know, as a chief referee, I don't want to call a red from, you know, a red card from the front in the squad, but you know what? When those, referees on the sides are just saying white light and i can clearly see their shit's high i gotta throw the red red card you know yeah mike you you Uh, were throwing the red at worlds i liked it i mean sometimes you have to like i don't want to if the two side referees are good i'll just let them call it i'll take the elliot feldman approach like oh that's not my job you know the side referees but like yeah when i would see uh, that perverted bald head i knew it was good (laughs) and i'd see that thing gleaming in front of me i knew i was good to go Hey, you got one guarantee. I got one just guarantee. Come white. <laughs> Perverts love me. They love me. They always give me white lights. Um, and for some reason, I was a big fan. The Russians were very happy when I was refereeing the 105s, I think it was. I don't know what was going on there, but. Uh, Banging the Reds on the Ukrainians? Oh, yeah. No, they, they just fucked that up. I was trying to. I was trying to help everybody. I was a fan. I was a fanboy. I'm like, hey. Get the 105s. I get the, all the Ukrainians. To, I'm quarter Ukraine. I want them to do well, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dude, fucking, you gotta touch your chest in the bench. Come on, come on, come on. Okay, finally press. Oh shit, the cross in your face. Nothing yeah. You can do. Yeah, I, I was always curious at how a Ukrainian always ends up kind of being the side referee during the 105s at Worlds <laughs> when there's like three yeah, of them in there. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm All a mud. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of good lifting. Yeah, yeah. I think we should wrap this one up though. It's been a good yeah, one. This one's getting lo- it's getting long. Yeah, Mike. I think we should. You know, every few months, just have Mike, Mike come on. What do you think? Yeah, yeah I'm I'm in for that. All right, our inside man. Yeah, when some other yeah, shit goes down, when the trainees are pitchfork, they got their pitchforks and torches to the fed and I hope that they and, don't find us. And the Arnold is all fucked up in September or something. Then we'll we'll get you back on. Yeah, I mean, I just know when I just know when. Hey, it's time to plan this meet, you know. So if I know something about a meet, you know, you ask, I tell you within reason, you know. But um, we're just trying to make it fair for everybody. Good stuff, Mike. I think uh, a lot of the listeners will find the information on the meet very helpful. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, Mike. We appreciate you coming on. It's always good to talk to you. Yeah, always good to see I, you. Mike. I, I just appreciate that. Now I don't have to watch the the pod this week, so. Yeah. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we we made it spicy enough. Joe Joe dropped a few. 
chopped a few gems Whatever, in there. Man. Yeah, what if you end up do? watching it, you're gonna ask us to like edit. I can shit, only hold so my shit together for so watch. long. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so, so, <laughs> all right, so, Mike. Any fun, closing guys. thoughts? You know what? I wish everybody well. Be safe. Don't do anything stupid. And I'm excited to be the first person to be on the podcast twice. Yep. All right. That's right. Later, Mike. Be well. See you guys.